Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does, they charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Over the hill and far away, the CBeebies Go Home podcast is coming out to play. Uh, hello, um, we're back with our next episode. Uh, I am, as always, Cammy, and the uh, joining me, it's the new new to my Tinky Winky. It's James. Hello, James. I think that, again, is possibly, like, actionable. <laughs> possibly. I've, got, I've, said it, I've said it on record now. <laughs> he's, he's a podcast admissible in court. Uh, well, it's it's being published, isn't it? So, well, that's uh, true. I, I'm, I, as we'll find out later on, I really hope it is because I need to. I need to show that it was. I was doing some genuine research uh, later on when we get into the darker <laughs> parts of of this podcast. Well. Um, you can get in touch with us if I am have not been uh, imprisoned for accessing inappropriate material on the internet on uh, Twitter at CBBS Go Home and email CBBS Go Home at gmail dot com. Uh, we'll start as always with our. Um, our CBBS listings, where we we pitch some ideas for CBBS uh, new CBBS programs. Um, I I mentioned Pro Stars in the last episode, mm. and after I remembered Pro Stars, uh, I decided we should have a UK remake. So it's a cartoon. Um, we've got to represent all three major sports in the UK, and all three countries. Ireland doesn't really count. I couldn't really think of any. Maybe Rory <laughs> McIlroy from Northern Ireland, but I I, I couldn't be bothered. And um, they've gone. Just Brexit, deal with it. Yeah, it, it's all over. I mean, if we're going to have anybody uh, Scottish on this, then that is possibly pushing it as well. Yeah, <laughs> well, I've gone with Gareth Bale from Wales slash football. Yes. Ben Stokes off of England and cricket. Yes. And then yes. Stuart Hogg from Rugby Scotland. Yes. Um, it's a good read. So solving crimes. Basically, yeah, go around the world solving crime, crimes and their leader, the kind of person that gives them the missions. A bit like the... The, the person you never saw in Charlie's Angels, that kind of person. Um, Charlie? Charlie, yeah. Yeah. Who's <laughs> in the title? Yeah. Clues there. Um, yeah, it's uh, Kevin Keegan. Yes, or, uh, obviously. Except if it was Kevin Keegan, he would inadvertently reveal himself every time. <laughs> yes. Well, that would be, be the running joke. They would yeah. know it was Kevin Keegan, but they'd all have to pretend it wasn't just to make Kevin Keegan feel better about himself. 
at least one episode has to be uh, an oblique reference to him falling off his bike on Superstars. Yes, I think that uh, that that's possibly yeah that that that's possibly how he reveals himself. He's behind a screen on an exercise bike and then yes, falls they, over and breaks the screen. Yes, there you go. Oh, Keggy. And then just runs around covering his face going, don't look at the face. Yeah, very much very much like uh, as if we'd unmasked Kendo Nagasaki. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my pitch. It's a strong one. And But the other idea I had was a, was a, a CGI remake of Family Ness, sort of live action CGI. But then I decided Ooh. that was actually a legitimately good idea. Well, this this wasn't my idea, but while we're on that kind of tip, maybe we could uh, have a young super grand. Oh, that was like a prequel. Yeah, basically. It's like young Indiana Jones or that sequence in uh, Last Crusade. So um, She doesn't, I don't think she gets the superpowers in Super Grand until she's a grand, though. So it would just be a story about a woman. Which so is, I'm not, no, not from a sex point of view, I'm not dismissing <laughs> the idea of having stories about women. Mm, I just mean, the, yeah. That's not the audience. <laughs> Um, no, but she she wasn't super until she was a gran, and the professor in it, I believe, there was some sort of mix up with one of his inventions. Yeah, well, I, was it the second she became a gran? So like the second, like she became a grandmother, she was just kind of powered up. No, I don't think so. I think I'm trying to remember the professor is in it. It was um, the the Skunner Campbell was was the evil uh, person in it. Um, Patrick Troughton, now what he was in it, wasn't he? Now what was Patrick Troughton in it? Was he the inventor? Am I thinking that Patrick Troughton was the evil inventor in it? But um, she acquires, here we go, so she acquires superpowers when she's accidentally hit by a magic ray created by Inventor Black. Ah. Under the guise of Supergrand, she protects the residents of the fictional town of Chiselton from villains such as Roderick Scunner Campbell and his gang, mm. the Muscles and Tub. Supergram is usually accompanied by a grandson, grandson Willard, which doesn't sound like a very Scottish name, and the inventor Black's assistant, Edison. Um, the city goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, yeah, I definitely do a remake. I'm not sure a prequel works because, like I said, she was not just a woman because all women are equally important and valid. She was, and she, she was more than a woman. She was more than a woman. Well, more than a woman to me. Um, yeah. But she was she wasn't super until she became a gran. But I no. think I think possibly I think that that should be the big maybe bring it into the Marvel universe. I think everything's in the Marvel universe now, isn't it? We're all in the Marvel universe. We're all part yeah. of the Marvel universe continuity now. Yeah, I think so. I think I did tonight. I think I died. With some pro- yeah, we all we all sit there praying for the snap sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. My other i my other idea, which wasn't related to. Uh, Tales of the Scottish was um, it was going to be called EU Superstars. So when we eventually decide to come back into the EU, we just have like a series of EU commissioners doing heroic things. It's animated, but it would really kind of uh, teach the kids, you know, like oh, what are the EU superstars doing this week? Oh, look, it's you know, it's the Fisheries Committee. Oh, great! But it'd be like animated, and then they would kind of, you know agree some kind of ways of making fishing sustainable and kids would absolutely go wild for it honestly i can imagine yeah i can see that yeah hours of bureaucracy yeah so it's a winner well slow telly's the way forward yeah i mean you've got to get you've got to get them into a box set 
Early, haven't they? I hear that's that's the next idea for Christmas because they've done the slow rate. They did the reindeer, didn't they, on BBC Four this year? Just going across there's some snow. Um, I think you I think this this Christmas it's going to be the EU Fisheries Committee just reading some papers out. Yeah, um, those those you know those translation ear pieces are really exciting. So I don't know what what what's not to love. Exactly, but basically what it's going to it's it's an initiative to show people that to make politics boring again. That's what, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that that would be the way. Perhaps that's how you stop Brexit. Is that um, all of the all channels get stopped, and instead, uh, the only thing that's on the telly is select committees. That would be. I think that's a strong suggestion. I think that if if you would, if I was forming a centrist party now, that would be my slogan: "Make politics boring again." I think it'd be something that everybody could get behind. Um, quite close to the uh, bollocks to Brexit slogan. It is, perhaps, but that's, that's a little bit too racy. No, no, but perhaps just the slogan of just, I, I don't know how you'd spell it, but perhaps just <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, have we not just, have you ever considered apathy? <laughs> lovely, lovely apathy. Sweet. Can we all just yeah go back into sweet, sweet apathy where we just complain that they're all the same again? Because that was yep. nice. Those were yep. halcyon days. Um, yes. Speaking of halcyon days, um, we're going to delve into this week's program. Um, sunny, the sunny, the sun that uplands. We'll give Brexit reference there of 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 Teletubbies and the Teletubby land. Um, it's kind of been recently. There's been a reboot, I think, in 2014, um, where the Teletubbies are back on the telly. It's sort of been remade for the children of millennials who remember it from the first time around in 1997. Um, I remember it in 1997 primarily because it, it, it hit telly around the same time as I was getting horrendous hangovers because I'd started drinking and it would be the only thing on telly in the morning because there was only four channels where I lived in Berwick because we didn't get channel five. We still don't, Berwick still, fun fact, Berwick still can't get channel five. It never did. It never came to Berwick channel five unless you lived at the top of the hill and could get a reception from Tyne Tees. Are they um, are they getting um, are they getting dial up internet soon? I hear yeah, but the big bit very excited. Um, sort of um, news agents um, are are very upset because uh, they're they're not going to be able to sell porn anymore. Yes, it's a big threat uh, to the livelihoods. Yeah, uh, well, I tell you what, if I have a look, I probably uh, got some old AOL CDs. <laughs> you could donate I donate thought- to the people of Berwick. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, still limited, still limited freeview channels in Berwick. Still can't get the full range. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of remember watching Teletubbies '97. It came out with just horrendous hangovers. Um, it was either that or Transworld Sport. Oh well, Transworld Sport was great. I mean, the, the channel, channel four, you'd, you'd have Sharky and George, Transworld yeah. Sport, uh, all the way through to Football Italia. You know. Yeah. Well, uh, that's true. There was that, but then yeah, just occasionally on. If I couldn't hack, some mornings I just couldn't hack the intensity of Transworld Sport. What I liked to do when I was getting my first hangovers was I had a cassette which had um, the um, third and fourth uh, Elliot Smith album on it, and I used to listen to them both um, <laughs> because I was like a like a goth at Glastonbury, intensely intense. <laughs> I think where I went wrong is I started out by drinking Tartan Special and McEwen's Best Scotch because I decided if I ordered that 
it were all ma- it was all man drinks, and then no one would question whether or not I was underage. Yeah, that um, that and drinking. Well, no, I think drinking John Smiths was the illusion of. Uh, it's like I'm, I'm a cultured I'm a cultured mature drinker because I'm asking for tartan special. <sighs> There's a pub not too far away from me, but before we wander too far off the subject, which still it still does uh, serve uh, McEwen's best scotch on tap, and I'm always impressed whenever I see it. You know. Yeah, I, I, I kind of now and again I think I haven't been able to drink it since on my 18th birthday. I got something from every every shot from behind the bar and one, and I couldn't taste the difference. Oh. And I was very ill. Um, anyway, we are we're not talking about our teenage drinking um, habits. <laughs> Um, drink sensibly, kids. Although if yep. you're going to underage drink, choose an old man drink. No one will question it. Um, mm. We're talking Teletubbies. We're talking the reboot. Um, do we? I mean, you 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 found Wikipedia has some quite detailed. There's been academic analysis of the Teletubbies, James. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we need to kind of explain the concept of uh, the Teletubbies. I mean, I think just by cultural osmosis, you will kind of get the general premise. Um, so I don't think we need to explore, but this comes from, uh, as you said, that uh, fine source Wikipedia under the section marked analysis, you know, in the same way that you would have a section perhaps for, you know, one of the great conflicts of our time or <laughs> another great, uh, grand political event. And it reads thus, um, Adam Roberts suggests that Teletubbies constitutes an example of radical utopian fiction. In this reading, the Teletubbies are an advanced culture which has eliminated all needs to work, worry or struggle in any way and regressed to a childlike state. Roberts positions the Teletubbies as the end point of the science fictional idea of, the, of paradise based on infantilization, a more extreme version of the future humans, Aldous Huxley's Brave New World and the Eloy in H.G. Wells as the Time Machine, who are mentally childlike but still physically and sexually adults. Following Sigmund Freud's insight that adult pleasure must mediate Aiden's superego, gratification and anxiety, the only way to attain a completely stress-free life is to surrender the superego, including sex. It follows that the broadcast shown on the Teletubbies inset televisions are historical documentaries suggesting infantile, infantile existence as the paradigm, with the baby and the son likely being the society's central machine intelligence. Roberts concludes, in other words, the toddler-oriented aspect of the show can be read not in clumsily production intention terms, the show is designed to appeal to toddlers, but as a commentary upon the necessary infantilization implicit in any utopian fantasy. It poses questions. To achieve a total happiness for all planet once technology has removed the practical barriers, how far on the road towards infantile, infantile I'm struggling with that word today, consciousness will it be necessary to travel? Will we become like the citizens of Huxley's Brave New World, or more infantile like Wells' Eloy? Or will we go the whole hog and subsume our angst-ridden adult consciousnesses uh, completely in the bright colours and satisfying repetitions of Teletubby land? The enduring appeal of the Teletubbies to adults suggests perhaps this ladder. So they're ran- randy, brightly coloured sex bombs. Well, no, because he seems to say it's removed it. What did he say? He said they remove the need for sex. Was it? He said, where, where was that like? No, 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 no. You, you give in to sex. Oh, yes. So surrender to the superior, including sex. Okay. I mean, that would suggest to me that they, rather than being... That, that, that in, actual, in the actual show, the characters are... Dressed up in suits, bright, colourful suits, and underneath those suits are just 
fat, horrendous sort of evolved, disfigured humans yeah. wearing brightly coloured suits. Pretty much, and they've got sex toys in their heads. Well, yeah. There are other theories as to what they are, but yeah, that's... It's, I mean, but then, does that... Is that where the tiddly tubbies come from, then? Yeah, they, they are... Um, yeah, the, the, the Teletubby sex crewmen, aren't they? That, that's what's kind of left over from their uh, their antics, and that's why they barely seem to care for them. They just leave them in a room uh, to be cared for by God knows who. A hoover. A hoover, yes. And they dip in occasionally and uh, kind of marvel at what they've created and then disappear off to uh, their other own navels in a rather literal sense. The other, I'm just, it just occurs to me, the other thing, of course, it could be is, is a commentary on current society and that adults are obsessed with the screens and pay little attention to their children. Well, well so it was wildly prescient all those years ago. Yes. Um, well, no, because the tiddly-tubbies didn't exist back in 1997, so nobody... Nobody had to consider the sex lives of the Teletubbies until they introduced the Tiddlytubbies, which, you know, from a production point of view, someone thought, oh, we'll just do baby Teletubbies. But, of course, when you put that through the lens of adult analysis, you're like, well, yeah, but they've come from somewhere, so that means that the Teletubbies definitely have sex. So, are, are we able to... Are the Teletubbies gendered? Well, we'll come on to the, tele- the the Tinky Winky controversy later on, but I, the, there's a suggestion... T- Tinky Winky is, is male. That much has been stated. Yes. I think I think Dipsy might be. Yeah. So are the two... Is it sexist? Are the two smaller Teletubbies female? Is that how it works? That's what Wikipedia says. Well, well that there, mm. there you go. So... What at some point Lala and Poe have bred with Tink? Where are the other adults? Because is that because because otherwise it's inbreed. We're getting sort of all sorts of inbreeding here. Yes, I'm reading here uh, a slight tangent that Poe not only is definitely a girl but is Cantonese according to the show's creators. I dropped that in as a. It seems. A, a it seems. Uh, it seems. Uh, given that they are in a sush. Um, and and it would seem a needless addition to the, I don't know, to the narrative to start to introduce race into Tally because surely the message of Teletubbies is that everybody's, you know, everybody has equal value. It would seem needless to then start to, to sort of, you know, attribute race to the Teletubbies. Is this like J.K. Rowling all over again, though, isn't it? Because this is a bit like our oh, Dumbledore gaze offence post. Like, yeah, but that was fine because it fit, it kind of actually in sort of the way that that story then evolved. There was a, you know, the love between him and the the big baddie from the new films. I can't remember his name now. Uh big bad Jeff. Big bad Jeff, yeah, from the new films. Yep. Um, that that the, 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 there's some sort of that kind of work. But this, I mean, what? So the creators are saying that that it all. Everybody that's red is Cantonese. All tele- red Teletubbies are Cantonese now. Oh, so it's, it's a subtle communist dig. I'll look at Poe in a different light, actually. I know, I'm starting to look at this. So so essentially, I mean, it'd be more problematic if they start attributing different colours to different races. 
You can start blacking just, up one of the Teletubbies. Well, it does. It just adds unnecessary complications to the idea of Teletubbies. If you're going to start saying, well, well I mean, I know Poe's played by, was played by Poi from, um, what's that show called that she's in with the other guy? Um, News at 10? No, <laughs> no, not the News at 10. Um, show Me, Show Me. Poi from Show Me, Show Me was the original Poe. Oh right, um, but yeah, that seems that seems need. I I can I can get on board with Teletubbies having gender. I'm not sure I can get on board with them all having different races because if we're doing the evolution narrative, they've just all evolved into Teletubbies. They are all that. That is what they are. The world has got. It's a bit like Star Trek. The world's got need, rid of the need for for different races and. No, they're just furry. Yes. Well, I don't think they are. I think those are suits. And they're just like yeah. sort of humunculuses inside the suits. Is that no, the right that, word? I mean, that, that, that's the issue, is that they're humunculuses and what, what they're actually doing with those. As well yeah. as those and sexy antennas. Yeah, I mean, they, we'll get on to this in a minute, but the, the people, bizarrely and worryingly, people, people do seem to have... There, there is a weird... Subset of the world that that see something sexual in the Teletubbies, and I'm not sure I I I, I could ever grasp that that would ever be something that crossed like someone's mind. Of, is it like a furry kind of thing, or possibly that's the only thing I can think of. We'll come on to it later, but yeah. But okay. I mean, the, the, I think that analysis from Adam Roberts holds up. <laughs> it really is that complicated. I think it probably is. I mean, the other theories on the internet is that uh, Baby Sun is a demon, and it's some sort of hell, mm. I guess. It all leads back to hell with kids' TV, doesn't it? Well, they're all, they're all worshiping yeah. the sun, baby. Yes, I mean it's, it's multiple suns now, isn't it? Well, there are, it's yeah, because really th- there was that photo the other day of the uh, original sun holding the new sun. But in the new one, it's a different sun each time, isn't it? Is it? Or is it like multiple suns? I think there's multiple suns. Does I might change? have strength it. Yeah. yeah I, think it might... I thought it was the same baby every time. Oh, they all look the same, to be honest. I'm, I'm sick of this idea that you... talking to people on some level. Sun baby racist. Yeah, basically. Just, just sick kids. Um, there was a theory uh, on the internet at one point that, that, tel- that from, from a number of parents uh, boycotted Teletubbies because they believed it was hypnotising their children by making them repeat things over and over again. Yeah, it's true. Um, there's never been there's never been a small child who's ever repeated the same sound over and over again ad infinitum until you wanted to throttle them. Yeah. Um, what's the next theory? The Teletubbies are biogenetic engineer slaves. Um, says there's no official backstory on the creation of the Teletubbies, but it's clear that, that uh, to some that the Teletubbies are not in control of their own destiny. A mysterious voice tells them what to do, uh, everything from eating to sleeping. There is also a vacuum-like character, the Nunu, who's constantly keeping the Teletubbies in check, making sure they follow orders. Then there's the pinwheel, a godlike structure at the top of the hill that causes them to drop what they're doing and fall to their knees to worship whenever it spins. The pinwheel then picks its favourite character and turns on its tummy TV. Sounds rudely pagan, isn't it? Yeah, there's definitely something to that because where where did the voice... I mean, the the existence of the voice trumpets sort of would, would suggest that there is some sort of underground 
race. It always reminds me of um, Demolition Man. <laughs> Whenever I see the voice trumpets come up, it always reminds me of Demolition Man when they used to get the periscope from, from the subterranean levels to see what was going on above. Maybe they are in some kind of experiment. Maybe Teletubbies is actually um, documentary and these kind of evolved creatures with they become one with their with their screens and now they're breeding. And so they're what it's sort of some sort of like Truman show type thing, they've been contained and now humans watch them for entertainment. Yeah. Free the Teletubbies. Let's let's start the campaign. Quite, tra- quite tragic when you think about it really. Yeah, just sat there every day being told what to do by by the the actually the official description is voice trumpets, I think. Yes, and uh, now they're, they're trapped, having kind of uh, without really understanding it, they, they, they've managed to breed, um, and they've ended up with all of these kids with who essentially have uh, you know the names of pandas, don't they? Yeah. So. Um, um, the uh, voice trumpets. One, of course, is is Jim Broadbent. Yeah, it's continuing that kind of um, that path of inexplicable famous uh, actors doing this. Uh, again, uh, going back to old uh, Mark Rylance, that perhaps it is just, you know, the, the big actor's WhatsApp. And it's like, tell you what, tell you what's good money. Says you're going playing in rep somewhere. Yeah, just, 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 it's a day's work, lads. Just, yeah, absolutely. Knock it out the park. Knock it out the park. Go on holiday. It's like um, whichever Jaws film uh, Michael Caine's in, isn't it? Where he he basically. Um, I've, I've seen. Uh, I've seen. Yeah. What is it? I've uh, I've I've not seen Jaws four, but Jaws was well, Jaws the Revenge. But I've seen the house that it built, and it's lovely. Yes, and, and the, the other side of that is that he agreed to do it after he read the script, and the first line says, um, "The Bahamas." <laughs> Yes, um, I'm surprised. That's one thing I'm surprised we haven't seen in Toast of London yet. Is Toast doing a voiceover? I don't think he's done one. Had a Clem Fandango recording of a children's TV show. Feels like there's an opportunity there. <laughs> it is again deleted from the podcast. <laughs> um, the and of course the Tubby phone voiced by Jane Horrocks. Yeah, similar kind of thing. She didn't do her uh, little voice uh, Clark and voice, but. No, I, I mean one of the other voice trumpets is Fern Cotton, but she, you know, she'd do anything I think for cash. Um, work-wise, uh, yeah. of course. I should and clarify. It, indeed, and some things that uh, we'd have to delete from the podcast. Yeah. Um, what's the other? Now we'll come on to get Harry Potter connection. Apparently, when you combine the symbols on the heads of Tinky Winky, Tipsy, and Lala, they form the symbol of the Deathly Hallows, and Lala has a lightning bolt on its head. And the theory goes that J.K. Rowling was watching Teletubbies when she was writing Harry Potter. That seems like a, a push from the uh, the authors of the Teletubbies. I know it's trying to some tie-in. There is a, there is a stronger tie-in to the Harry Potter universe that, that I'll um, we'll, we'll get onto when we talk about Teletubbies fan fiction later on in the podcast. Um, Thank you. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The other big thing about the Teletubbies, of course, is the Tinky Winky controversy. Yes. Um, which began in 1999, although it sort of resurfaced again in 2007, and we'll talk about which is that Tinky Winky was, you know, the enlightened times of 1999, uh, when Tinky Winky carrying a handbag caused a natural, national outrage. Yes, um, similar, more innocent times. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he was outed. Um, the BBC made an official response to this, saying that Tinky Winky is simply a sweet technological baby with a magic bag. <laughs> well, is there any evidence that it's magic? I don't... Well, no, I think he pulls things out of the bag. Things have come out of the bag. Right. In some episodes. I think the interesting where there's technological baby. Which comes well, back to the homunculus theory. That they, 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 underneath the suits, there is sort of some sort of horrendous, disfigured human being stitched together with a TV in their stomach, and they, they wear a suit to make their appearance more palatable. Yeah, it could just be a, you know, it could just be a bog standard furry who's sewn an iPad in there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Make sure you sew it to your suit kids, though. If that's it, if that's what you're into, don't don't sew it to yourself. Yeah, it's it's on the suit. They've got a sex toy in their head. What what a wonderful world they live in. Yeah, these millennials and their avocados and their their furry suits. Their furry suits and their sex toys in their head and their oh, got a big old iPad in the stomach. Yeah, uh, uh, Ken Vizelman of Itsy Bitsy Entertainment, who make the Teletubbies, said he's not gay, he's not straight, he's just a character in a children's series, which I think uh, means that Tinky Winky was the first pansexual character on TV. Um, so the, are the rest, do the rest have a kind of clearly defined sexuality? I would, well, that's, that's, that's the insinuation from that statement. Yeah, so we've got kind of Dipsy and Lala heterosexual and Poe's Chinese. Yes, apparently. That's 
apparently, isn't it? Th- this so is all based he- on the official line, of course. Yeah, heterosexual, homosexual, pansexual, bisexual, Chinese. Yeah. They're all, they're all different sexualities. <laughs> um, Jerry Falwell, who writes for... Um, uh, issue an attack in the National Liberty Journal, which sounds like some sort of paper precursor to to Infowars. Um, oh yeah, but Fal- Falwell's um, uh, a, a kind of fundamentalist Christian um, radical hate preacher, basically. Oh well, there you go. He warned parents that Tinky Winky could be a covert homosexual symbol because he is purple, the gay pride colour. His antenna is shaped like a triangle, and the gay pride symbol. Um, well. Right, well, the gay pride, is is purple a gay colour? I don't think so. I, I associate it with priests at Lent. I know, I associate it with old ladies, there's that thing about old ladies, the, the group of old ladies that go around when they retire wear purple, yeah. based on that poem, yeah. Triangles aren't particularly gay, he's thinking of the Illuminati. I think that's where he's getting confused, yeah. Yeah, he's thinking of old Illuminati figures. Um, the this 2007 it, it came up again because the Polish Ombudsman for Children um, <laughs> which apparently is a thing revisited the matter and planned to order an investigation uh, I noticed he has a hat it seems to be like a self-generated investigation as well it wasn't as a result of a complaint from what I could tell uh, I noticed he has a woman's handbag but I didn't realise he's a boy the Ombudsman said in a public statement <laughs> what does an Ombudsman for Children do? Well, it does, norm, normally an ombudsman just deals with complaints from the public, but but the Polish ombudsman for children must do. I'm assuming has some sort of different role. Um, I think this is going to take me to uh, oh, the children's ombudsman in Poland was established by law on the ombudsman for children passed on the sixth January two thousand. Uh, the post is it doesn't tell me what it does. Oh, I like this though. This is nice. The post is held by Marek Michalak, appointed in Parliament in July 2008. Michalak is a Knight of the Order of Smile. Ah, It's an honour an honor created for adults who advance the interests of children. So I don't know what the Polish Children's Ombudsman does. Normally Ombudsmen just do complaints from people. But this would seem Complain to be to that, that, that this is some sort of kind of state intervention to look at make sure children are being fed the right kind of messages through the media, I guess. As opposed to complaints from children like, I can't have any ice cream. Yes, or, uh, yeah. Why do I have to go to bed? Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, that kind of, I think that's what the Ombudsman for Children normally deals with in other countries. Yeah. Matters of um, great national importance such as that. Again, probably you should put this on the podcast, but um, perhaps the uh, order of Knights of the Order of Smile would be a very fine animation. Yes, yes. The Knights of Smile. That sounds lovely. Well, I send it to Justin. If he wants to include it in Giggle Bits or whatever it's called. Yeah, it feels like there's, there's it feels like there's more legs to that. The Knights of the Order of Smile than just the Giggle Bits throwaway. Well. Um, Get in touch, listeners. Yeah. If anyone wants to get sort of draw that out, we 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 claim the idea. We'll sue you if you come up with claim to have come up with yourself. We've got proof; it's on record now. Yeah, that's that and it's, if the CGI remake of um, of of uh, the family nest happens, then I'm definitely suing. 
who are you having to voice do the voices in that? Um, you, I mean, for they're all. I looked this up today because I was trying to remind myself what happened. In but they, they all have the name Ness at the end of it, of course, because there's Furious Ness, who I think probably Gerard Butler. Mm. Um, there was uh, Eyewitness, which is a genuine name for a. It was the pirate one was called Eyewitness, which is very good. That's actually. That's the pirate one. Um, who's the the guy in the bodyguard? Kevin Costner. No, the new body, the BBC one. Oh, uh, I've no idea. Is he the one the ladies like? Oh, Marty Pello. That's it. Yeah, Marty Pello as the voice of yeah. eyewitness. Um, Dougie Donnelly um, would be the dad. Yes. In it, of course. Um, and I don't maybe maybe a, cr- a couple of crankies in there as well. There are only a couple of crankies on there. I mean, yeah, and then just just throw the rest of the cast of Macamy in between filming, just at it just, because you know they're, 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 and you know they've all been in Taggart as we established a couple of episodes yes. again, apart from Bill. Yeah, well, maybe this is Bill's chance to shine. I might make that a contingent when when I remake when I do my CGI remake. Is that anybody that's casting it has to have appeared in Taggart? Original, I mean, Taggart's long dead, isn't he? Well, no, yeah, we do, any 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 iteration of Taggart, they don't have no. to have appeared with uh, Mark McManus. Oh, well remembered. Oh yes, very Got strong on my very strong on my uh, on my Taggart. Um, but anyway, back back to the Polish ombudsman because she's more to say mm. of great national importance. She said um, she asked her office's psychologists to look into the allegations. And in late 2007, because this took some time apparently, uh, she said, the opinion of a leading sexologist... Yeah. So so taxpayers, post-taxpayers' money was spent on getting a sexologist to look at the Teletubbies. Uh, main, uh, is it that he maintains that the series has no negative effect on a child's psychology and is, per- is perfectly credible. As a result, I have decided that it's no longer necessary to t- seek the opinion of other psychologists. <laughs> For anything, for anything, no. I, I would, I would suggest that the Polish Ombudsman for Children may, may need, may at that time, who's not the guy that's the Knight of the Smile now. This is, this is Ewa Sowinska, who is the previous Ombudsman. Um, I, I think probably may be necessary for her to seek the appointment of uh, the, the, an appointment with a psychologist, perhaps. You only imagine the sexologist like getting back to a pre, or just leaving it like a kind of cursory twenty-four hours and going. No, it's fine. Yeah, and just how many billable hours can I claim on this? Oh yeah, you probably you probably leave it a week, you know. Well, you, well, you'd leave it a good week, and then you just pop. I watched all the Teletubbies. I definitely watched yeah. all the Teletubbies, and it's fine. Honestly, we've we've all delayed responding to emails just to give the illusion that uh, we're very busy. Yeah, I bet you probably wrote a very long report. Yes. What else are you doing, sexologist? Ah, just wanking. <laughs> just thinking about sex. People having sex. <laughs> Teletubbies having sex. He would have had to have thought about the Teletubbies having sex in order to decide that they didn't corrupt children. Well, maybe that's his test. He thought about the Teletubbies having sex and just went, ah, it doesn't know for me. No, maybe he wrote the uh, maybe he wrote the bit of fan fiction we're about to discuss in a moment. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe that's part of his test. Still didn't, still didn't do anything for him. One of the um, strange things about the Teletubbies is it seems to inspire quite a lot of fan art. Um, yes. 
more so. There are, are various CBBS characters that that inspire fan art. Um, we are, we haven't covered any of them so far, but that there were, I sent you some earlier. It's yes. Do put if you get if if your children are looking up Teletubbies on the internet, please put on the safe search. That's all I'll say. Mm. Because well, some of it appears. To, I mean, there seems to be real kind of overtones of uh, kind of things being satanic. Yes, there's there's one where Poe's face is just teeth. Yeah, I, I, I mean, to be honest, I think I'm fine with the stuff that's kind of more satanic because I kind of looked at that and thought, well, that that seems like an obvious kind of juxtaposition, isn't it? Because you've got these kind of cute uh, characters, um, and therefore. What would be hilarious? Oh well, let's make them kind of evil. Yeah. Stuff that I consider far more concerning is the bit where they they're drawn as like like just some cool guys hanging out in in like onesies. In onesies, yeah. Because there's there's one and and I there's one and it's a male, what appears to be a male paw grasping and it's it's a person in a what what are those suits that wankers wear. Um, like at Christmas markets, where it's like the, the morph suits. Yes. Anyone that wears a morph suit, automatic. It's just like a big the, the wanker clack. These wanker alarms go off. Um, they, they seem to be in those sorts of suits, and um, a male pole in a, in a male morph suit is holding onto the breasts of a, a female Lala, and she doesn't look happy about it at all. Yeah, she's very much. Uh, this is fine. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's just some, there's a lot, I mean, other ones which have them as like, kind of just like emo guys. Yeah, with the sun, with with like baby sun in a sort of cloud onesie with a sun mask on. Yeah, basically what I'm saying is that I'm far more comfortable with evil kind of demons. Uh, the homunculus, because there is a homunculus one with a telly inserted into its stomach. That he's, someone's even taking time to draw a tiny little penis on as well. Yeah. I think there's uh as we know, the internet is a, a second degrading place. Yes. Uh, speaking of which, there is lots of Teletubbies fan fiction. Yeah. And I've I've ploughed through it all to bring you the best. Um all of it? Or not all of it, not all the 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 the, the, the not the best in terms of Quality or content, just the the one that I found the most disturbing. That more, a lot of the Teletubbies fan fiction does get sexual a lot quicker than you'd expect, and um, by which I mean it gets sexual, and you wouldn't expect it to. Um, the, the the one the most bizarre one, and I'll I'll, I'll read it out and we can chat about it as we go. Um, was on a Reddit thread, uh, which is called Severus Snape, Professor and Lover. Which you would think from the title, this isn't going to be about Tally Tubbies. No. But it is. So, here you go, and I'm going to read this out as it's written, typos and all, because I think the typos especially speak of someone who is writing this feverishly whilst also masturbating. Yes, in the old Leon Herring, I am wanking as I write. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So it starts with, Severus Snape was very sad. He was not having many pleasures doing inctus and teaching students anymore. All those adventures happening at Hogwarts sucked the inner life from his bones, and he had nothing more to accomplish. 
he went to Dumbledore. Headmaster Tet, I want to be expelled. I don't have what it takes to teach any more. Dumbledore was puzzled. But Snepper, <laughs> Snepper, uh, that, that, yeah. Uh, you're my best professor. You can't go and waste the knowledge you have. Oh, Dumbledore, I'm so sad, says Snape, putting the back of his hand on his forehead. Uh, Dumbledore, the powerful and wise fool Magus, he was, thought a solution. Okay, Snape, I'll transfer you to another place, somewhere calm, where you will help good creatures that have no parents. Snape got grateful that Dumbledore understood his feelings and pushed him into a place less onerous to his advancing age. Snape took a train and after days... Days... Um, <laughs> days, yeah, finally reached a colourful and wonderful place. It was the Tubby Dome Supertronic. Now, like, <laughs> you can only imagine that... I mean, I would imagine there'd be a good audience and a, a strong audience for Harry Potter fan fiction. It's not something I would go in for myself, but I would imagine there'd be an audience there for it. What I would oh. imagine... Yeah, what I would imagine you wouldn't expect if you were reading this as someone, a, a fan of, would be to, that he would arrive at the Tubby Tronic Superdome. I think much uh, Snape fan fiction is uh, either him and other teachers or him doing things which are pretty illegal. Yes, I would, yes. Um, anyway, he arrives, it was a subatomic superdome, uh, the place of dwelling of his new students. He reached there and a periscope welcomed him. Professor Snape, you arrived. The student waits you in the classroom. Snape was still sad, but his powerful stomach got chills. Now, I didn't know that a powerful stomach was something that Professor Snape had. It was never one of his powers ex made explicit in the books or the films, to my knowledge. It's covered up by that gown, isn't it? Well, that's See? true. That's why he wears that long gown. Uh, because the mystery of novelty approaches his comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> well, the mystery of novelty has all, all approached our comfort zones at one point or another. Um... When Snape entered the classroom, four colour creatures were sitting on the chairs. They said to Snape, Eh-oh! And Snape smiled, feeling his heart getting full of ignomious passion. Ig igno Ooh. Ignomious? Is that a word? Not quite, but... <laughs> it sounds like one. Um, all right, dear students. I mean, there's no, there's no introductions here. You just get straight into the learning. Into it. I mean, he's, he's a pro. Yeah. Uh, you will learn potion making. Um, no, we want to learn how to be adult, cried the four Teletubbies. They had lived. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's taking a turn already. Uh, they had lived for many long inside the perfect bubble, only experimenting the baby joys of youth. Right. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, I've cut this before it gets very dark. Um, but every day was equal to them. Not really happened at their house, and life was boring. When Snape arrived, a flash of hope filled their hearts with the promise of life beyond the perfect prison they got trapped when they got born. So that again, that suggests that they just appear. Yeah. In the story. Asexual. asexual beings. Only that dark. They're not about to be asexual in a minute. I'll tell you that. Only that dark-robed and pale-skinned man can save the babies from this terrible fate. But kids, said Severus, I must accomplish the curriculum. I mean, that's good. I mean, that's dedication from a teacher, isn't it? Got to accomplish that curriculum. <laughs> you do. I mean, you know, he's sticking to the plan. Oh, Professor, I'm dying from inside. Don't let the evil periscope suck the last remnants of humanity locked in my fatal, broken heart, said the yellow Teletubby Lala, uh, with a sense of... 
the the prose style kind of swings about wildly, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It's not like I said. This is definitely someone who is who is wanking as I write this. Yeah, or they're taking turns to write a sentence each. You know? Well, that's like a sort of like a, a really weird game of consequences. Yeah, um, which is why it takes a, a, a dubious turn. This is well, it takes a dubious turn, isn't it? So that she said. Um, Said, said Telly Tubby Lala with a sensitive voice calling for a strong man to free her mind, her body. Well, sounds like a Shaka Khan lyric. Snape looked her, not look, just looked her, and felt something funny inside his pelvis. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long time since the last time he shared intimacy filled momnet with a woman. I like the mom. word, I like the word mom. Mom. That's the American mum's dead. Yes. Um, Snape was starting to break. But Teletubbies, if the Peris- Periscope woman watches us, how can we have privacy? The purple leader Tinky Winky got up and uttered his with his powerful throat. I've never thought of Tinky Winky as having a powerful throat particularly. Well, what's the way this going through apps is a significant... Yeah, um, he said, I have a secret place, Professor. I bet he does. Uh, we can learn there and free ourselves from the bounds of madness that others inflicted upon us, said him hitting his chest with his clench hands. Oh, well, they like. With his clench hands. Snappy um, looked down, thought, and followed the purple leader. They opened a secret door inside <laughs> their house, a door leading to the basement. The place... Now, this is, again... Oh. This gets very weird. The place was full of rats and cockroaches. Water infiltrated the place and mould smell was present in dangerous quantities. I'm, I'm losing my uh, erotic feelings about this. <laughs> if, if, I, I, yeah, I think at this point I'm very worried about anybody that would, would have maintained any erotic feelings about this at all. Um, a lot of earth was dirty, a lot of earth and dirty was covering the place and a hole in the wall could be seen. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, you are making a hole? Yes, Snape, said Tinky Winky, we must escape. So we are creating an exit route to get out of the evil cl- of the evil crutches of the woman Periscope. Oh, I must help you, Teletubbies. Prodfessor, said Lala. First, teach us how to <laughs> adult. Prodfessor, first teach us how to adult. Mm. Um, Snape nodded in agreement. I mean, there's no disc- no sort of like, no, this isn't appropriate. I'm your teacher. Just, oh, yeah, fine. Um, now, this, this, this sentence, yeah. Um, he, with wondrous magic wand, created a giant bed with some wine and cheese to accompany this illustrious wisdom moment. Wine and cheese. <laughs> Wine and cheese. He knows how to. He knows how to romance a Teletubby to Snape. Bit of a bit of Wensleydale cranberry. Yeah, and this is the point I cut it off. So, um, because it got yeah, it went. It, if you think this is dark, it goes very dark after this. Um, but this is the last bit I've, I include. So, Teletubbies, lay her with me. I'll teach you how to be a man. Oh, but you poo aren't ready yet. You are too young, baby. Stay here in the corner and play with you small hoes. <laughs> oh. no. uh, and Pooh got sad. But nevertheless, he did what Snape, Snappy said and watched the others while they got teached. Oh. 
And it gets darker from there. It gets dark. Well, yeah, because it gets explicit. Then they get down to it. Oh. I skim read the next bits. There, just to see if there was anything sort of light, but there's not. They indul- All I will say is they indulge in everything. Oh, really? Yes. What does this tell us about the internet? <laughs> I think this encapsulates the internet perfectly in one in one story. So, what does this teach us about the Teletubbies more generally? Um, the, the, there are people who find the Teletubbies sexually attractive and, and become aroused. Mm. And that those people probably should be on a register. Yeah. That seems like... It seems like the original crazy Teletubbies got what they wanted. Yes. That's that's what they were after all along. Uh, yeah. You know, there, there is this idea... And, and it's almost like tearing down their idea of a perfect utopia. Yeah. It's all just... It all comes back to... What the Polish were afraid of. Exactly. Maybe the Pol- the Polish children's ombudsman had a, had a point in two thousand and seven. Maybe that's what, what she read. Maybe she read the fan fiction. And was positively aroused. And her her ombudsman senses got tingling. Yeah. Oh poo. Oh poo. Poor poo sat in the corner playing with her hose. Uh. Yeah. Well, if if, if any for the uh, next episode, if anybody um, wants to uh, replace Cam, now he's in prison. <laughs> yes, um, and if, if if the police are listening to this, that was research. I yes. thought it would be fun to type in Teletubbies fan fiction just to see what came up. You thought wacky adventures. That's what I thought. I thought you know people have just heard the Teletubbies doing slightly different fun things, mm. maybe. I don't know. Maybe there would be kind of like some a bit, a bit of soft romance between the Teletubbies, something like that. Mm. You know, nothing more than holding hands or gently spooning on the grass while rabbits hop around them, playing with their uh, aerials. Well, exactly. Just you know, gently twinging, twanging them back and forth. Well, that, giggling. That's, that's yeah. kind of what happens in that fan fiction. It is, yeah. Mm. So yeah, that was a darken. <laughs> I feel, uh, I feel like at least it wasn't about death this time. It, it wasn't was no joyous creation of life. Although I feel like I need to go for a shower for the rest of the week. <laughs> well, time time for tubby bye bye. Time for tubby bye byes. Yes. Uh, so time for tubby bye byes from us. Um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with some different ones. If you want to suggest a subject for our next episode, get in touch. Um, We've um, speaking of fan art. We've still got Gojetters to come. Do not Google Gojetters fan art. Oh Christ! Not if you want to see Ubercon doing unspeakable things to the rest of the Gojetters. I've not looked, but I can only imagine that yes. night garden between uh, Upsy Daisy and Iggle Piggle is pretty bleak. Yeah, I've not I've not gone down that particular dark avenue. We'll save that for a future episode. Um, right. But but for me it is it is time for Tubby Bye Bye's from me and time for Tubby Bye Bye's from James. Uh oh. <laughs>
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 